Hi, this is Serena Vincent, and you're listening to Power Rangers in Cyberspace. Ah, after 10,000 years, I'm free. Now, finally to conquer Earth. Alpha, Rita's escaped. Recruit me, podcasters with attitude. Power Rangers in Cyberspace. Hello, Power Rangers and Cyberspace listeners. For this episode, episode 21, we'll be changing things up a little bit. We'll be releasing the long-talked-about, often-teased interview with Teeny Howard from early November 2017. Teeny Howard is the author of Power Rangers Pink, issues 3, 4, 5, and 6. Also has a current issue of the Rick and Morty comic, and uh, several issues, actually, of the Rick and Morty comic, including Pocket Like You Stole It. Enjoy. Hi, this is Sean with Power Rangers in Cyberspace. Cool name, right? Yeah. My co-host is, uh, he lives in Buffalo. What's his name? His name's Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Sorry you're not here. It's great. We're having a great time. I'm not sorry. He's not here. <laughs> wow, some shade. No, he's... Trouble in paradise. No, he's, he's fun. He's, <laughs> he's, he's young, but still, he came into Power Rangers late, but, uh, so... I'm sitting here with Teeny Howard, writer of uh, Power Rangers Pink, mm-hmm. issues 3, 4, 5, and 6. Yep. We've been gushing over the Kyle Higgins run. Yeah, it's um, been great. Oh, I, I agree. Uh, so, uh, and, and you do other, you write other books and, and do artwork? To, is that? Uh, no, I mean for my for my I'm, an, I'm a hobbyist artist because I honestly think almost every comic writer should be like. I literally go and I take art classes because I want to learn like the language of how to talk to artists and everything. And I, I draw for pleasure, and occasionally I'll do little commissions and stuff. But. Professionally, I, I, I fully write. I don't right. subject anyone to my artistic attempts. <laughs> well, I, I've seen some of it uh, that you have back there, and I, it's 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 unique. Oh, that's but, my friend's art. Oh, oh, that's, oh, you yeah, don't that's have, all her. You don't have any art with no, you? No, I don't have any art with me. That's uh, all her. What's, what's what's her name? Just to, Caroline Stewart. And had, just real briefly, has she done anything uh, Not mainstream or professionally? Okay. But got him trying to, to get her work in front of more people because she's super brilliant and talented. Very unique figures, very different than the norm. No, work is fleshy. I like it. Very much so. Um, <laughs> do, are you guys a writing writing artist, artist team? Uh, we haven't yet, but I've got some like some small press projects that I think I'm going to work with her on and, and uh, some stuff that's really suited to her art, some kind of... Um, kind of like medical and, and uh, body horror type stuff that uh, I'm really excited to work with her on. I don't think, I mean, that's obviously not mainstream, but that's, I don't know that there's much, even in the indie scene of, of that kind of genre of medical or, or just from seeing some of the art, partial disembodiment or, or to, yeah. to a degree. In and in a way that I think her work really like grounds it. And makes it seem like tangible. Like I'm just gonna talk about her the whole time, honestly. Well, uh, and, and that's I just wanted to I didn't want to just focus solely on, you know, just sure. just one subject or another, but just kind of take it as we go. But so, so uh, and, you know, to circle back, we mentioned I mentioned the Kyle Higgins Power Rangers, uh, and you did the Power Rangers Pink. I did. How does that? How do you get approached for something like that, or or how does something like that fall in your lap? So. Uh, Daphne Plubin is the editor on the Power Rangers books, and she's awesome. And I had talked to her before. I'd pitched her some things. I had just been working with her and uh, a few other editors at Boom. Um, just because, you know, I was just trying to make connections everywhere and, and uh, you know, get on a lot of good sides and get my work in front of people. Um, and 
uh, Brendan Fletcher and Kelly Thompson have been writing Power Rangers Pink, but they both just all of a sudden, a lot of their scheduling fell apart all at once, and they both didn't really have time to, to do the book they wanted, but they've written this brilliant outline, and, um, you know, obviously they wanted to continue the series, and they had the, you know, the amazing art team of Daniela DiNicolo and Sarah Stern doing the, the line art colors were in place. Um, and so uh, Daphna called me on the phone and asked if I would like to write Power Rangers Pink. And the only thing I asked back was I wanted to make sure it was Kim and not Kat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and she said, yeah, it's Kim. And um, I got to read the first two issues early and I loved them. And I was like, I would love to jump in and, and take this over. So I did, and I, um, I worked from some of the cool stuff that Brendan and Kelly had built and kind of continued with that, but then also got to throw in a lot of uh, what I wanted to do with the characters, and, and I got to have a lot of fun with that. Um, and it was great. I mean, I grew up watching Power Rangers, so I, I never thought when I was sitting on my grandma's couch at 4 p.m. <laughs> watching Power Rangers that, you know, because it was the only show where the, the good guys had two girls on their team and not one that wasn't Sailor Moon. <laughs> so live action. Yeah, yeah, it was the only live action show that had two girls on the team instead of one. Um, I never, I never thought that I would be writing Kim's story. Writing the lore, the yeah. can, and, and it's conceivably canon. It is. It, canon, is yeah. that how they approach you? They say this is part of canon, so you can't make her, you know, a trapeze artist. She has to still be a gymnast and do this yeah. and that. Or I mean, she could go learn to do trapeze, and she'd probably be great at it because she's great at everything. Uh, but yeah, you know, so the comics are kind of their. They are not exactly the same canon as the show. They're kind of, I think, their own world that works from the original Mighty Morphin. They splinter very well. Yeah, like to the, that separate. So they, exactly, like they kind of are canon to Mighty Morphin. They use Mighty Morphin, I think, as their touch point more yes. than anything. Yes. Um, but you know, in, in Power Rangers Pink, it follows Kim from when she leaves the team to do her gymnastics career mm -hmm. to when she sends a letter to Tommy and Theo. And, and Which so is all off screen anyway, yeah. so you have a toy box to play with. Yeah, exactly. So I get to play with Kim during that time, and uh, we had to come up with such, so much other stuff. We had to, to we had to, you know, pitch things to Saban like, like if you don't to have him to, directly. No, to the company. Oh, because we're trying to. I'll, I'll tell you when, when you're done. <laughs> Go ahead. No, we have a. We have people we work with at the company who are awesome, awesome, awesome people who are so enthusiastic and love Power Rangers so much. I've done panels with Jason oh. Bischoff, and he's done panels with us. And he's, he works for Sabam, and he works closely with us. And uh, mm -hmm. But we had to come up with things like, if you don't have your coin, how do you access the Morphin Grid? And mm -hmm. that's the question I get asked by hardcore Power Rangers fans. They come up to me, they maybe have never heard of the comic, they take one look at it, and they're like, nice try, she doesn't have a coin. <laughs> like, well, and I'm like, technically, <laughs> in uh, Once a Ranger, Always a Ranger, the 15th anniversary season, Adam's coin was broken. Yeah, and, and the Morphin Grid is such a weirdly nebulous thing that is so, like, in, undefined. Well... And, no, it isn't, it isn't. But in, in comics, it's fun to come up with, like, okay, but are there other ways to access it? And, like, you know, in, in pink, it's basically that... Okay, she doesn't have her coin, but like, she has her sword, and okay. Zordon is able to give her the sword of light, and she's able to access the Morphin Grid for that. But she can't because she's not working from coins. When it comes time to have other Rangers, um, those Rangers don't have coins. They are essentially Kimberly's essentially sharing her access to the Morphin Grid. Kyle did that too. Via that, yeah. Yes. And so, which is why in Pink we have the team of Pink Rangers. That and was. There's the team of Green Rangers, and, and that was just a mind bender. Like I love that. And they also. and they turned all that shade of green, and it's like, why has this never been done or thought yeah. of? Like I, we, like Anthony and I would talk all the time. Why hasn't this been done in the show? 
or why didn't they do it? Granted, it was, we all know, stock footage from sure. Japan <laughs> for the most part, but it's like, why couldn't this have been a thing? Because it's so comic book-esque, but I guess, you know, for one reason or another. Sure, but in the comics, it, it works great. And I mean, I was on the panel where we revealed that cover uh -huh. with the team of Green Rangers, and like, being there for that fan reaction was just so cool. Like, even though that wasn't even my book I was working on. But it's so just neat, like, being there to, to be see part the of it. reaction to that was, was really, being able to be up on the panel as mm -hmm. the, the Power Rangers professional when that happened. Yeah. It was a cool, a cool feeling. Did you have to work at all with Kyle and his, I guess, the team that he was working with to, for anything, themes, overarching storylines, or, or any type of tie-ins? Yeah, um, I didn't, I didn't, like, directly sit down and chat with Kyle, but I have before. I met Kyle, he's great. Um, we didn't, like, sit down and chat, but, uh, like, the other team does show up in the series, you know, tangentially, and we had to make sure that, you know, it was the same, that was the same team, and that we weren't saying, okay, the current team is consisting of these five members that didn't jive with what Kyle was doing. Mm -hmm. um, so it really didn't super come into play until like the last two issues, but we did have to have, excuse me, a working awareness of what Kyle was doing and make sure that we weren't depicting his team in a way that didn't jive, you know, like if, if you know, if his Tommy is a real sweetheart and we can't make our Tommy a real hard ass, or if we do, it's through the guise of narrative, you know, it's maybe that's how Kim sees him or whatever. Do you make it perspective sure. instead of because then you can just retcon it right. whatever you need to do well also because you know forgive me for getting a little bit of a being a little bit of a film nerd on a power rangers podcast but it's like the rashomon effect right like everyone remembers people and experiences differently mm -hmm. and that's one of the big things that i kind of touched on with like the letter is that like a lot of people were like betrayed by that you know it's like kim how would you just write a dear john letter to, to tommy you know and it's like I try to give some context for that and, and make it into okay. something where it's like, it's less a breakup letter with Tommy, more breakup letter with being a ranger. True. I mean, that, that, that makes sense. Because in the show, they kind of gloss over, because what 12, 13-year-old kid, speaking personally, or 8-year-old, yeah. <laughs> for most people at that time, knew what a Dear John letter was. Right. And, and understanding that they broke up, but not that they were more involved than they portrayed them on the show even after she had because they were doing this whole Kimberly Cat Tommy yeah. triangle song and dance and that just which I and I really didn't I really wanted to not do that you know like there are some moments in the comic where Kim does see Cat but Cat doesn't know who she's talking to like she doesn't know it's Kim uh -huh. um, but I never wanted to have Kim be like can I swear am I allowed to swear on your podcast I never wanted to have Kim be like that bitch stole my man like that that's not first of all that's not how rangers are like that's not that's not the, that's not what being a Power Ranger is about. Like, that's not, and that's not Kim. Like, she had moved on. Tommy's just a boy. Yeah. Being a Power Ranger, what is? That was their common common. Yeah, and and you know, for her, she's able to see Cat and be like, what Cat's doing right now and who Cat is to him right now is, is what he needs. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to change myself to be who he needs. I'm going to be me. And um, yeah, and and if that means that him and I don't work out, then. You know, and, and, and I think at one point she even says something like, it's not about, it's not about being, like, fighting over which girl gets to wear the pink suit. You know, that's not, that's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Because, like, if there's one thing that female characters don't need more of, it's fighting over men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty common trope yeah, that's kind of beat to death. I'd feel pretty bad about it if I got to write one of my early female tough girl heroes. Which I loved because Kim was tough and could, you know, take a punch in a fight, but also loved, like, 
scrunchies and fashion <laughs> and boys oh, like I she did. Was, she was a professional shopper. Yeah, exactly. Always went to the mall. Yeah, I mean, she's basically like a badass Barbie, and I love that about her. Um, and I wasn't going to do her a disservice by having her spend six issues crying over a boy. Yeah. But I, I wanted to address it because, girl, I've been there, you know? Where you, you're with, you just realize, you know what? You and I are not at the same place in our life right now. Go with God. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's, you know, everybody comes somewhere different. They come yeah. to the same. They may come to the same point, but at different times, and it's you know, it, it it's no different than the uh, that movie, that bad movie with Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. They come to the same house two years apart, but they can still write letters to each other. Oh my god! That's <laughs> I, sadly, that was like speed. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Sadly, that I reference weird movies like yes. that all the time. No, no. I I wish I wish I didn't know what you were talking about, but I have to be honest. I know exactly what movie you're talking about. I remember the previews yeah. because I'm dating myself. It's called, it's called the Lake House. That's the Lake House. Yeah. I remember seeing the previews of that dumb little mailbox. Yeah, the mailbox is their their DeLorean. So they're the DeLorean, but only. Their letters can travel back in time or forward. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So, to, uh, just, I don't want to take up much more of your time, but um, the other, so I'm part of a family of podcasts. Um, Anthony and I do Power Rangers in Cyberspace. Anthony is also on the flagship show of the podcast network, Back Issues Comic Book Podcast. Um, and our producer, Chris, who is a main host on, he's the me of that show. Uh, and Anthony is the punching bag on that show also. Um, they <laughs> you did. It yeah, they uh, they just hit issue 154, and on 151 they just gushed about. Uh, I think it was right around the seventh episode of season three of Rick and Morty coming out, and you have written uh, what a couple issues at this point. Or? So I've written uh, five issues of our mini series. That's which is a five issue mini series called Pocket Like You Stole It, which mm-hmm. is based on the Pocket Morty's game. And number five will be out in the next few weeks, okay. and then the trade will be out in January, and that'll complete that series. And then uh, I also wrote um, issue 33 of the main series, which should be out in December, January, February. It should be out soon. Um, and it's number 33. It's a summer-focused one-shot issue called One Experimental Summer. Is it a pickup story almost? Yep. Okay. It's just uh, it's a summer issue. It's just you know it's a one-shot. You can pick it up and read it. But yeah, it's called One Experimental Summer, and it's about uh, Summer trying to find happiness when she's left alone in the house. Oh, which is always. And then um, I'm doing uh, I'm doing a little extra stuff right now. Um, I'm getting to co-write a little story with Kyle Starks, who writes the main series. But uh, I don't want to reveal what that one's about yet because I'm very excited about it. It hasn't been announced. Not even yet. a small exclusive, a sliver, half of a sentence. Um, it goes back to some of my horror roots. I'll say that. Okay, so a potential horror type. Yeah. Hellraiser, be... Rick and Morty. Not quite Hellraiser. But that would which be I cool. Do love Hellraiser. That would be cool. It's like the Meeseeks box instead of the puzzle box. Okay. <laughs> like a little pinhead Meeseeks. No. That would be good, though. That would be, that would be a nice little... That would little... be good. I've drawn a Warboy Meeseeks for someone who wanted Mad Max working Morty. Oh, so okay. now I have to draw a pinhead Meeseeks. That would be really cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. Uh, so what else besides that are you working on? Just uh, what, do you, what do you have coming up? Well, right program? now, I just we just had number one come out of Hackslash Resurrection, which mm-hmm. picks up uh, where the uh, where the series left off that Tim Seeley created. So it's more of Cassie Hack uh, killing horror bad guys and sexy gory style. I'm having a lot of fun with that. And that's for now. We're doing that until we can't anymore. Makes sense. But our first arc is a six issue arc that uh, follows Cassie to summer camp. 
And then my, my thing I'm most excited about right now is my new creator and book coming out from Blackground, which is part of IDW. Mm-hmm. Um, it's edited by Shelley Bond and drawn by Gilbert Hernandez okay. of Love and Rockets fame, the, the Hall of Famer. Uh, number one comes out uh, December 20th. Mm-hmm. There's still time to order it from your comic shop till the end of the month. And I tell people, my favorite description of it I've heard so far is that it's Unforgiven for Charlie's Angels. I've also heard it's Kill Bill as directed by Wes Anderson. Okay. So uh, it's about a, a bunch of like retro female exploitation style assassins who about 20 years later have to get back together to for a mission to pay one of their children's student loans. <laughs> so it's got a something everybody can relate exactly. to. Exactly. It's relatable content. But it's also, I mean, it's, it's about the, the family drama, obviously. Um, part of the problem is that the other two assassins can't come with the one that's going on the mission. So, and her son is not in college that semester because he did, no, no bills got paid. So, uh, he has to get a, get a job for the semester and so he goes to work with his mom and brings his boyfriend with him because you gotta have three. It's a good number. Yeah, rule of three. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's about family drama and student loans and murder and retro discos and and that's Hack Slash? Oh, that's Assassinista. Oh, Assassinista. Gilbert Hernandez. Okay. Black Crown. Yep. Okay. Um, so I, I mentioned it earlier, and I just want to kind of get your spin on this, and maybe you can help us out. Anthony and I have figured out four degrees to get our podcast to Power Morphicon. What? Anthony and I have figured out there are four degrees of us getting to Power Morphicon, which is the, oh, yeah, yeah. the Power Rangers sure. con. It's every two years, like D23 okay. is. So you're, you're stop number one. Okay. Stop number two is Kyle Higgins. Sure. So we need you to get us in contact with Kyle Higgins, who will then put us in contact with Saban's. And, and you can we can even uh, you know go over Kyle's head, and, since you know Saban, and then through Saban we'll talk to Saban Saban, big boy Saban, the guy that writes the checks, and he'll fly us out there and give us a booth and everything. So when can I expect? Uh, I'll send you your your, your coin in the mail. That's step one. When you get the coin, you'll know that uh, the wheels are in the motion. wheels are in motion. But you get, wait till you get the coin. It's, it's coming. I'm sure. Right after the convention's over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a box of them, honestly, <laughs> in my house, and I just, you know. When you get around to them. Uh, yeah, I give them out to the mailman for Christmas, and he's all of a sudden piloting a Ford when he delivers my mail. It's great. Um, no, I honestly don't know uh, the first thing about how I get you guys there. But if they ever reach out to me, and they, uh, if the con ever reaches out to me about uh, having me there, I will absolutely suggest you guys. It's been a great experience. That's so. just a running gag that he and I have. I'll do what I can, man. <laughs> no, well, I, we always appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you.